check, check, mic check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mattis. Yeah, welcome everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show is live. 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Let's talk some Dallas. Round 8 of 17 Monster Energy Supercross Series. Triple Crown time, everybody. Uh, just like Glendale, we are back to a Triple Crown this weekend in Dallas. And so that is interesting. It opens up a lot of uh, things to look at and a lot of things to talk about when it comes to the sport. Thank you to Fly Racing, Justin Brayton, Shane McElrath, Max Antsy, Joey Savacci, although two of those guys are hurt right now, RJ Hampshire, uh, Styles Robertson, using Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Please check them out at your local dealer. Go to motorsport.com. Look at what Fly has got to offer. Their formula helmet, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously biased because they pay me a lot of money to promote Fly. But that formula helmet is amazing. It seriously is great. It's so quiet. It's so safe. It's so comfortable. Look at the technology. Read about the Rion stuff. Read about the Conehead stuff on Fly Racing site, and uh, you'll see the job that they've done in that helmet. And it's phenomenal. Different shells as well, so different price points. But it's a great helmet, great company, uh, really, really cool stuff. Uh, they've got a line of gear to fit you and that looks good and, and from mild to wild, as they say. Flyracing.com, uh, February 24th. So these snowmobile people, or snow machines as we each call them, these snowmobile people could maybe still use their winter stuff. Um, it's getting light, though, in certain spots. Flyracing.com, thank you to those guys. Uh, Pro Taper, FMF Vision, Get, and Maxis. And Plum Creek Funding all on board with us, too. The folks that get are on board, two-stroke and four-stroke ECUs. they got the RPM dashboard as well that you'll see. MotoGP guys are kicking off. Uh, MXGP guys are kicking off this weekend. And they'll have a lot of Get products over there. These guys have won a lot of world championships with a lot of different riders. Uh, they got Athena, their sister company, has over uh, big bore kits and uh, pistons and cylinders and stuff to make uh, make your bike however you want it, two-stroke days. Uh, get an Athena. If you want a deal from Get an Athena, and again, their ECUs are, are phenomenal. And uh, a lot of riders who go racing simply put on a, an ECU and some fuel and uh, and go racing with that. So that makes a bad, that, that big of a difference. Email us using the contact form at pulpamex.com, and we'll get it to the guys at Get. And get some get, and they'll get you a discount on it. Also, thank you to the folks at Max's Tires. Uh, again, uh, A-Ray, Cade, using Max's Tires. Mountain bike tires as well, light truck tires. Uh, Jeremy McGrath uses Max's, so you know they're good. MXSTs have been out for a few years now, and uh, they work really well. So please check out MXSTs at Max's and Max's.com for more information. 702-586-7857. If you uh, want to give us a call and talk some Supercross, uh, talk some more, whatever it is, um, we'll, we'll have you uh, we'll have you on the show. Kay Clayson, Michael Antonovich, and Jason Thomas all coming in uh, today on the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, taking your calls over there, holding things down. The Tits, Le- Tits Legendary. What's up, Tits? Hi, Steve. What's going on? Great. 
another day at the office. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. Thanks for the enthusiasm. Yep. And we'll see you Monday. Yep. All right, let's get JT on the line. Uh, all right. Uh, so, yeah, we uh, – Tomac, bad start. Ah, so-so start. Tomac, crash opening lap. Uh, Tomac all the way back to sixth, but Jason Anderson won and uh, got uh, three extra points when Chase Sexton hit the mat there. So Anderson pulls with him in three points of, of Eli Tomac. So that is exciting. And down at the end of the series, I wonder if the uh, um, three points that Sexton gifted Anderson – comes into play, right? We'll have to see about that, uh, and that'll be interesting. Um, but right now, with Sexton's uh, DNF and the other mistakes he's had, he's now way back in the points. I, I like him to win races, but as far as the points, man, he's got too many guys to jump right now, in my opinion, anyways. And I think this thing is boiling down to Anderson and Tomac. Uh, here we go. We're coming up on halfway. So like 10 laps into Daytona in a couple weeks, we'll be halfway of the Monster Energy Supercross Series, and we have two, two guys who are breaking away right now. Uh, Malcolm Stewart is 20 points back of Tomac, and he hasn't got a win yet. So he's got to get that win first to get going, uh, and Barsha's after that, and I just don't think Barsha is a t- t- title contender. So uh, I know JT and I differ a little bit on the web thing, and we'll talk to him a little bit about that. 702-586-PULP, 702-586-7857. We are giving away... A pair of FMF goggles, uh, same goggles as Kay Clayson, and also some Fly Racing Zone Pro goggles as well to a couple of lucky callers. It's that simple. Uh, so thank you for calling, and let's get to our first guest. He's from Fly Racing, and uh, he will uh, know everything there is to know about Fly Racing. So if you have a question, give us a call. What's up, JT? Not too much. What's happening? The weather in Dallas, a bunch of flights canceled today. Now, we're in a dome, so it doesn't matter, but it does appear to be a, a rough travel day for a lot of guys, and it may affect our fly racing radio show. Yeah, there's a, they had a bunch of ice and freezing rain and all kinds of stuff in Dallas for the last 24 hours, so I'm hoping that uh, it gets smoothed out because the weather's going to improve from here. Like, it's all kind of done, but they're still dealing with the, the remnants of that, so um, I'm I have a bunch of coworkers that are all scrambling right now to get out of here and get down there, but I, I'm hoping by the time we try to travel, it'll be fine. Also, uh, tomorrow night, the Look Theater, about 20 minutes from uh, from the stadium, we're doing a fly racing Yamaha live show. Uh, myself and Weege and JT, the guests will be Will Hahn and Andrew Short. Looking forward to that. Tickets on sale on pulpamex.com. 30 bucks, and uh, come see us in person, man, and hang out afterwards. So. Yeah, that'll be a good time. We uh, we had a great time last week in Minneapolis, and it's it's cool to have these back. I mean, COVID kind of derailed that whole program that we had been building, but it seems like we're we're back and ready for more. Uh, all right, Triple Crown this weekend. You're on the record. Uh, you like these things, as do I. I don't want 17 of them. Neither do you. But nothing wrong with throwing in some Triple Crowns here and seeing what happens. Yeah, I mean, there there are certainly detractors, and I get it. I understand their reasons for it, and I think they're valid, but. For me, as a fan, that doesn't have to really deal with any of that. I think they're a great show. Uh, I think there's a lot of action. There's a lot more entertainment. The, the show doesn't seem slow at any point, where I think during a, during a normal Supercross night, there are periods where it is slow. So you give me you know six rounds of racing with the best guys and all, all six, I'll take it every time. Uh, yeah, you know what, though? Um, like Literally, not one rider I've talked to that I can remember likes him. And so there is a little bit of that. Um, They just don't like these things. And I get it. You raced, and I was a mechanic. I think I would be in their boat 
if I yep. was a mechanic, and I think you'd be in their boat as a racer. So there is something to keep in mind if you're Feld and your AMA and everything else. Like literally, nobody likes these things. <laughs> Racing. Yeah, it, it is. It is tougher on the racers. Um, I think especially for the the elite guys, right? You know, for me. I was racing the whole time. Like I was racing two classes at times, you know, for crap's sakes. Like there was just never a never ending barrage of racing for me at night. So I, I didn't really care. I wouldn't care as, as far as that goes. It's kind of the same thing. But if you are a championship contender and your normal night is to race the heat race and then race the main event, that's it. I can get it. I, I understand it. Right. It's, it's a lot more risk. It's, it's a lot more work for really the same, wage um i understand all those things and the risk of injury goes up and all the all that side uh, but i'm more interested I, you know i'm not a rider anymore right so i'm more interested in what's the best product that we can put out there for for mm-hmm. fans and for television and everything else and I, I think this is it but if you're prater or mui and you're going to the teams and saying hey we, we're doing and you're getting negative feedback i guess at some point you got to shrug your shoulders and be like this is entertaining and sorry not sorry yeah and and i think they're doing the best they can like they're they're not going all in with it they're they're doing some and i think they just have to be willing to face unhappy teams and riders and say listen people like these things and we're not going to go we're not going to do 17 we're not even going to do 10 we're going to do three or four and the rest of them will be normal but we have to listen to people when they say that this is a better product and, and the feedback's been really good you know we we have to continue to progress as a sport and look for better products to put out there and if this is one then i think they're doing the right thing by working some of these in there it, regardless of you know people aren't going to like anything you do um and, and i think over time you know if, if we continue down this path they're like oh yeah whatever you know people are reluctant to change no matter what Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, big news this week, Aaron Plessinger, Red Bull KTM, broke his arm uh, out for the rest of Supercross. Um, look, he had the second in Oakland. By the way, uh, I'd made a bet uh, against Aaron. I think it's already talked about that race, and I lost because, of course, I lost to Dan Truman, who wins every single bet and everyone's <laughs> warned me. I would have won at every other race just about JT, though. That's the thing. The, the the bet I would have won almost every other single race except for the one that Dan bet on. Yep, that's, well, that's how it works. That's how Dan operates. Right, right, yeah, that's, right. That's Dan's mo. He it's all about timing for his bets. Although he has a ton of bets going for Pulp Max Fantasy with uh, you know random players and and participants, and I don't think those are going so well for him. So <laughs> okay. that. Anyways, uh, on to AP outside of Oakland. Uh, and and you know last year on Star he had a couple podiums, one for sure. Uh, I think he got another one along the line, but kind of the same. Uh, you know, obviously it's incomplete with the injury, but not a huge jump up for Aaron, in my opinion, uh, on the KTM so far. Yeah, it's been a mixed bag. You know, I think he's been injured, and uh, you know he had the one breakout ride in Oakland, but I don't think you can consider it a success by any means. I, I think it's a, st- a story that's still yet to be written. Uh, but for guys like Mookie, I think you could say, yeah, man, he, he looks better. Now, whether that's the bike or whether it's the program or, or whatever, um, it looks to be a step forward for him. But, yeah, for AP, it's just kind of uh, – I, I think we'll just shrug our shoulders and, and see where this goes. Yeah, I think uh, – yeah, too early to make a judgment. But, yeah, not – it was weird. Like, not only did he not back up that second in Oakland, and, and that's fine. Like, it's tough to make the podium. I get that. Dude, we didn't even have hints – of backing that second place up 
anywhere else. Like start third and finish fifth or, you know, start second, run second and crash uh, and then finish seventh. Like he never saw the podium again. Yeah, I mean, there were some really poor rides in there, for lack of a better word. Uh, so there were some really poor qualifying performances in there, too. And then there was the breakout ride in Oakland, which we mentioned. And then there was a lot of just now a couple, so rides. Well, a couple races, he had the wrist injury from the crash in the sand in Anaheim. So I'll give him a break yep. on a couple of them, but the other four or five, yeah. Yeah, I think yep. that, that, that's where I was kind of going. Most of them were just kind of mediocre. Uh, they weren't terrible, but they weren't great. They were, He was running somewhere between, you know, 7 and 12. And... That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think that when Red Bull KTM signed him to what was a pretty lucrative deal, I would say for for a fact that they didn't have him penciled in for 7 to 12. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully he'll get better for the outdoors and all of that. 702-586-7857. You and I differ on this. I just I look at the points and we're almost halfway through this thing. And I'm sorry. I don't see Mookie uh, winning this title. I don't see Barsha winning this title. I don't see Sexton winning this title. You see Webb, uh, even though he's almost 30 points down, he's 25 points down. This thing's coming down to Tomek or Anderson, JT. I know you don't agree. I think you're probably right. Uh, I'm just not willing to say with absolute certainty quite yet. Um, I, I think last week was a step in the right direction for Webb, and it also was a step back for Tomac as far as points go. Um, so, I needed to see – I was ready to be like, no, it's over. And then uh-huh. we got a little bit of volatility for Tomac, right? It wasn't his fault. I get it. But a bad start opened the door for that. And Webb looked better. So those are the two things that I kind of needed uh, to, to not declare this thing over for Cooper Webb, and we got him. So we'll see. I, I, I certainly think it's a extreme long shot for him to get back in this thing. Yeah. Because not only does he need help from Tomac, he needs help from Jason Anderson now too. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I did like what I saw. Was he on his 2021 level? No. Was he on 2019 level? No. But was he better than we've seen in weeks by a lot? I think so. So let's give him a minute. Let's see what happens. Um, and then, yeah, if he does, you know, I'm going to need him to, like, win something soon, though, right? I'm going to need him to win Arlington. I'm going to need him to be on the podium at Daytona or else it's going to be too far gone. Even if he gets hot late in the season, it's going to be over with right. by then. All right, let's get to some um, questions here, shall we? Um, oh, bef- before we get too far into this, JT, I know you're an avid reader of my column, but you, you probably missed it this week. Um, and I can't take credit for this uh, change in the 250 class, but it was actually a caller on the Pulp Show, but they had a good idea. I want to run it by you. So right. two coasts still. Make okay. one coast, like riders three years and younger of experience, and make the other coast three years and up. Now, you can – fiddle with the years it could be four could be two like whatever but basically make a pure rookie coast and a veteran coast and the teams will still employ the same amount of riders because they'll have those guys coming up um and you can choose which coast you want to do um and which one you may have to do via the rules i like it so on on one like if it was west and it was a rookie coast it would be only kids like only well, three years, three and, years and, under. and younger yeah three years and younger let's say so uh okay. you know you have jet you have, um, um, you know, Jet and, and Pierce Brown and Max Volan and these guys. And then the other coast has J-Mart and RJ and Nichols and Craig. And... Hmm. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't hate – I just wonder what it looks like when you actually have to 
put it into play, right? I, I feel like one coast would be really weak or vice versa. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't hate it in in theory. I'm just wondering when you actually have to put pen to paper and riders you, on the gate. Does it? get too lopsided on one side or the other. Well, I, I, maybe it doesn't. I, I don't think know. certain years would, just like we are now. You know, certain years yeah. would look that way. Certain years the other coast would look that way. It, it'd flip-flop back and forth. But, you know, the bottom line is there is no doubt that a 20-, 30-year-old uh, Christian Craig versus a 20-year-old um, um, Styles Robertson isn't fair. Like, do we have 40 riders that are within their first three years that are capable? Well, of course. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. I'm because not. I'm not positive. You, you would get. You would get people signing up. You would get people going for it. Maybe you know what I mean. You would have guys trying to race it because they could do better. Well, you know? I, I don't want people that shouldn't be out there just well, signing up saying, for Supercross. Not, That's how you get people hurt. I am not saying that. I am just. I guarantee you'd have a, a fair amount of guys. And if you want to make it four years, you can make it four years. Like that. That's up for debate. You okay. can. You know, whatever year kind of arbitrary line you want. But you know, I just think it'd be great to have that. Um, I really like the idea. The more I thought about it, and the more it made sense. So maybe, yeah. I know. I know our signups for West Coast were really light in the 250 class. So that's that's where I just get worried. Is like I don't want 250 one of the coasts to be like 23 guys signed up. Like I don't think that's that's helping. All right. Question for JT here from David's on two. David, what's up? What's your question for Jason Thomas? Hey guys, how are you doing today? Good. I got a quick question, uh, JT. Uh, <clears throat> this year we've had. Merely by coincidence, lots of crashes with people wearing A-star helmets and lots of visorless races. What does what is Fly's feeling on the mounted visor as opposed to the breakaway or magnetic visors? Is it a safety well, thing? Think, That's obviously what what they're thinking. Yeah, I think everybody has. Uh, well, not everybody, but most people all agree that breakaway visors are better. Uh, and that's why we've shifted to that same system. Um, our yeah. our screws that go into the visor will pull through, uh, so that's okay. our breakaway system. Uh, okay. For us, the magnets just weren't quite strong enough. Like we felt like with the amount of off-road riders we have, uh, if you're riding in really yeah. heavy roost conditions, you lose the visor too easily with magnets, and there wasn't necessarily a perfect fix for that. Uh, so, right. so we have stuck with this pull-through system that any sort of serious impact is still going to allow the visor to break away, and you know, with air quotes around break away. Um, but it's okay. It's different different ways of getting to the same end result. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious about that because there's just been lots of visorless A-star helmet racers this year so far in Supercross. I'm sure. It's- Really coincidence that those guys have just been crashing and hitting their heads, you know. But. Yeah, and it, and it happens. I mean, uh, there's another one of our competitors that it happened to quite a bit as well, and I think they've made adjustments to the, the strength of their magnets to try to cut down on that some. Um, but, okay. uh, you know, I commend everybody for trying to find ways because it, it is a it is a real concern, right? If, if you're crashing yeah. and your visor catches in it completely – alters the angle of your crash and the direction of all that force that's that's a really bad thing um that sudden change so uh everybody's trying to do the same thing it's just you know what what's the perfect way i don't know that there is one but we we've kind of chosen their path our path and they've chosen theirs there'll be uh if you ask a 10 different helmet manufacturers there might be 10 different ways to help improve safety right there's low speed there's high speed uh but david to me 
There's some helmet manufacturer. This is me speaking, not JT. Yeah. There are some yeah, helmet yeah. manufacturers that do not have secondary protection systems in their helmets, and I cannot believe that in this day and age. Like, still using technology from the 60s and 70s, and I don't care yeah. how much you want to tell me about your EPS and your your shell. You, you, at this point, we know more. We've d- we've done the test, and to see some helmet manufacturers not have anything but the old school EPS and shell is insane to me. Like. We're, we're better than that now in 2022, you know? So whether it's MIPS, whether it's the Conehead EPS, uh, what, what the 60 uh, rotational little things that they got going on, there's just – there's got to be a – sec. in my opinion, there's got to be yeah. a secondary protection system in a helmet to make it safer. And, I, I, and I'm sorry, I don't think you'll, you'll talk me off that, that opinion. So. Well, I was a long-time Arai guy, MXCs, MX, VX Pros, you know, and now I have a uh, – um, uh, formula carbon and I love it. So it's yeah, and, and I agree with you. I, I just, I it's light and I, yeah. I like the idea of moving along in technology because uh, uh, a, a modern Arai looks just like my Bell Moto Four from nineteen seventy seven. Yeah, no, I, there's there's tests out there. I mean, look, Fly is not yeah. making up tests. They're not the, these independent no, no. manufacturers that sixty uh, is not making up numbers and tests and you know what I mean. Like I know in this yeah, day and age, everybody likes to think that, but you know they, they're not doing that. They're they're saying they're saying hey. Here's our tests. Here's what happened, you know? So, um, yeah. Yes, sir. Thanks for the call, Dave. Okay, thank you. Great job. You know, and and a lot of that stuff, too, just to touch on it, if we didn't live in such a litigious society, I promise you there would be a lot more transparency. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the liability side of us saying something bad and having to deal with lawsuits, whether they're frivolous or not, it's not worth it. It's just not. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree. But I mean, that's again, you won't back up my opinion, JT. But that's how I, 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 I really mean, I feel like that. Right? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I just can. we're better than that in 2022. And football helmets and hockey helmets are all getting better. You know, um, it's not just moto stuff. So, uh, all right, let's go to Liam on one. Liam, what's up, man? Hey guys, thanks. I was curious to hear about the fact that they chose a triple crown for the first right hand start of the year. Uh, I hadn't heard any talk about that yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. go ahead, JT. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, anytime you have a right hand first turn, uh, I think people raise their eyebrows and just wonder how it's going to go. Uh, I, I personally would think there wasn't a lot of thought put into that it was going to be a triple crown. Uh, I would bet that Dirtworks had no idea which rounds would be triple crown and which wouldn't when they designed Arlington. Uh, I, to me, that's just purely coincidental. Now, whether that's a good idea or not, that's up for debate I'm, I'm more than happy you know if you think to are you know argue either side if you think that's a good idea or a bad idea but I, I don't think it was like oh it's a triple crown let's go right hander and there's going to be more starts and that's a good thing or bad thing I, I just think it was they built arlington that's the way the stadium they lined up and then at some point feld said okay we're doing a triple crown at arlington and it happened to line up that way but I, I have I have always I, – yeah, right-hand starts are a little bit more difficult, but there's right-hand turns at every single race. It's fine. People make too much out of this, in my opinion. We've had right-hand starts. We've had left-hand starts. We've had first-turn crashes in left and right-hand starts. Like, I, I don't – It I, is tougher to slow down. It is. That's it just, is. That's but, just physics. But, 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 you know. Yeah, it's not, it's not catastrophic. No. It's not, no. you know, like – it is a subtle thing, though. Like, I, I think if you were – a statistician, and you had to map this out. The percentage chance of a crash is probably a little bit higher. I think that's just that's just logical to think that because people are going to take their their foot off the rear brake. You know, speeds go up and the ability to brake comes down, and that, those things happen. We'll see what happens this weekend. I mean, if 
I think if we're, you know, three or four days from now and we see a ton of first-turn crashes, we're going to all be pointing at that, you know? So that's the risk that they're taking. Uh, Also, too, like the Triple Crown thing a few years ago, remember we did it at Houston, which is maybe the furthest part uh, from the pits to the stadium. And the teams are like, why are you doing it here? Like, if there's an emergency, yeah. or like, like this, these are things that they should think out a little more. But, but I'm, not, I'm not waving the flag at the right-hand start. But we'll see. Um, thanks, Liam. Got you. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Jason Thomas on the Fly Racing uh, Racer, Fly Racing uh, Moto 60 show. That's it. Uh, thank you, Get. Plum Creek Funding, FMF Vision, Pro Taper, Maxis all on board with us. Uh, Taylor's on three. Taylor, you have a question about the Pulp MX uh, athlete there on the 250 Supercross East Coast? Yeah, I do. Um, so I don't know if you saw it, uh, but AJ Catanzaro did this whole, like, mic'd up through qualifying thing with a GoPro. I thought it'd be really sick if uh, Enzo could do that for Pulp, then you kind of have, like, an on-track uh, commentary, kind of get to see what he does throughout the day, talking to his mechanic. Or it'd be kind of funny to have Phil strapped up with that and hear him going like, "Ah, oh, fucking whacker, doing some crazy shit." That would be kind of cool. Yeah, I, I, I would rather mic up Phil. I'd rather mic up Phil. That'd yeah, be great. So, so yep. a lot more entertaining. But I thought it'd be a cool idea. Yep. Uh, what else? What's, what's your other question? Um, I just had a bike set of questions for JT. Toddler doing it. Um, so JT, I'm on a Suzuki similar to. Oh, uh, we can't. We can't hear you. All right. We can't hear you. Justin's on too. Justin, what's up, man? Hey. Uh, so first question is about Cooper Webb and him. Air quotes around leaving burner. I, I just want to know your guys' gut feeling. What percentage pie, to use the pulp term, is probably this more team? implemented or cooper uh, implemented we're gonna get you I mean, sued you're gonna get sued we can't talk about uh, it <laughs> i didn't mean to stir it up jt but i mean just your gut feeling just not stirring it up for me I, I i i am not legally bound by anything um i would say he was under a ton of pressure to figure it out uh i you know i, I would almost guarantee they wanted him to be at alden baker's place from the beginning if he had come out and had a good month of January and things were rolling along nicely, he was in the championship hunt and everything seemed to be progressing. I don't think it would have been a problem. I think every, you know, they probably still wouldn't have loved the decision, but there wouldn't have been a ton of pressure to make a change. But when you make a fundamental change, when you leave the compound you were riding at, when you change your riding coach and, and or trainer, and then you don't produce results that your employer deems necessary yeah you're going to kind of come under a ton of pressure and and i think he knew i think he knew he was signing up for that this wasn't a mystery that if he didn't do well there were going to be a lot of questions asked i mean we talked about that it must have been 10 times on preview shows and everything else that he was painting himself into a corner with these changes that he better do well or else there are going to be some really hard questions asked and that's what we got but having said that, if KTM's putting pressure on Coop to ditch Burner, which I, I'm not—I don't know that they were oh, or not. But, I'm just saying. But, but the, what, what I'm th- saying I is, I think they probably were. I don't think it was so much Burner. I, let's let's take Burner out. I think it was anybody that wasn't Alden Baker's program. But here's the point, too, though. You're six weeks in. You're not getting gains right now. You're not making gains. Uh, everything that, you know, like, 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 oh, hey, uh, Coop, get rid of Burner, or, or you know, or, or hey, get rid of Burner. Guess what? 
I mean, obviously he got on the box this weekend, so I mean, it does look you know kind of funny. But you're not you're you're done. Your work is put in. You know what I mean? You're right, but at the, right. and that's fair. They're not. It's not going to be overnight changes. I mean, he was not anywhere near as good as he was a year ago, or he would have won that race pretty easily, in my opinion, if that was a year ago. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is, is that they are so in a position to be able to tell you, I told you so. That, like, everything's lined up for them to say, see, you went against our wishes, we didn't want you to do this, and now look where we are, right? That's, that's the position he put himself in, and I think he knew that. He knew going in he was setting himself up for that, and he did it anyway. And I understand he wasn't happy. He didn't want to be there anymore, so he was willing to take that risk. But this is the downside. This is the downside of that risk is that if things don't go well, you're going you're gonna to hear from your, the people that pay your bills that it, th- this is a problem. It's hard not to think that if Coop had kept the same deal going with, with Alden Baker, that he would be better this year. I love Burner. You know right. what I mean? Like, like Burner's right. awesome, and I think he's a very smart guy. And all of that, but and Cooper's age and what he did last year, if he just kept it rolling, he wouldn't be this off the pace. Well, you, you know no I love Alden Baker's program, right? I've been yeah. I've been the cheerleader of that program for years. So I tend to agree with you. And, and I've worked with Burner. I've been around Burner for a long time, and I know how great he is. But it's really just to screw with a good thing. Like, yeah. he had such a strong base and momentum and – it's just like when Villapoto won four in a row, man. You just get in this rhythm, and it's, it would have been really hard to knock him out of that. I think he would have had so much confidence coming in. Uh, I'm not saying he would be your points leader right now, but I think that it might have been better than this. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Justin. And especially with the bike changes, too. So. Yeah, the bike takes part of it. There's no doubt he's not as good partly due to the new bike and getting yeah. used and to it. And I think he learning. would tell you it's the bike. You know, like I, I think if you asked him privately – he would tell you he's having a lot of problems with the bike. Whether that's true or not, right. I think that's what he would point to. Uh, what else you got? Uh, the other thing was is just I, I saw the track map. I heard you guys talking about it. I'm so looking forward to Arlington. It looks much more raceable compared to what we had in Minnesota. Not saying it was a bad track. It just seemed kind of one line, follow the leader, and looking, guessing, I think Arlington, hopefully, fingers crossed, turns out to be a lot better raceable track. Looks good, JT. The track map looks good. Yeah, it should be interesting. There are, um, you know, every track has potential areas where they can create a lot of passing or not. Um, you know, how, how, how big do they build the whoops? How steep are they? Um, because there's one section where the inside is going to rule the day before the whoops. So that's really great for guys like Marvin and Webb that haven't been, you know, the, the fastest in blitz-style whoops. Um, there's another set, though, that kind of lands off a double, and you're going to have to blitz all the way to the corner before the finish line. So that could be a real, really critical area where if you're not as fast as someone else, you can get past there almost every lap because they can block past you to the inside. So uh, I actually really, in defense of last week, I really liked last week's track. I know it probably wasn't the best product on TV, but when I watched it, like, I could appreciate how difficult it was. Like, that was a really, really challenging track for those guys. So I wasn't harsh on last week at all. Um, I, I actually thought it was pretty creative. There were different ways to do rhythm sections. It was really challenging for guys. Like, when you see guys, really good guys that are unwilling to jump rhythm sections, 
that's saying something. So I wasn't well, really a hater. Or the quad or whatever. You know, I was talking to Eli well, like uh, I was talking to Eli on track walk. He didn't think the three in would be the race line. He thought the burn would get too chewed up, the line you'd yep. go too high. But dude, ended up he was wrong. That was the race yeah, line. Yeah, but and, and when you have guys that are as good as Phil Nicoletti and it's experienced as him being like, Nope, I'm not even gonna try it. I'm not even looking at it, right? And then you have a guy like Forkner who hits it every lap. Maybe he messed it up two laps, you know, out of seventeen or sixteen. That's to me. That's a good track. Like you're really challenging guys, and it's. I don't think it was dangerous. I don't think I even saw anybody crash on the three in all day. Yeah. Right. But it was that tough where a guy as good as Phil that can get a top ten in the class was like, I'm not jumping that. Right. So yeah. I, I like that stuff. Yep. Uh, you want to you want a pair of FMF uh, or sorry you want a pair of Fly Racing Zone Pro goggles? Sure. All right. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks for calling in. Stay on hold. We'll get Thanks your information. Thanks for all your content, guys. I no. appreciate it. Thank you. You didn't even get us to argue that much. So good job. Um, all right, we'll uh, stay, get Justin on the line. JT, before we take some more calls um, here, I thought the 250 class opening round of the East Coast, it played out pretty much like I thought. Like, you can you can mix the guys around. Like, you could give Jamar instead of McAdoo third, and you can give um, Forkner third and McAdoo second and whatever. Uh, Martin got RJ for fourth. Uh, Jet cruised home. It kind of played out the way I thought. It wasn't any big surprises. I think Pierce Brown will be better. Um, but, yeah, the top five, throw them in the mix with Jet a little better, and there you go. Kind of kind of worked that way. Yeah, and I think you could interchange those guys. Yeah, I think Jet will win uh, more than the other guys. But two through five, that's fine. Throw them into a, a Yahtzee you know, cup and, and – Spill them out, right, and see how they all pan out. Because I think you're going to get a lot of that. Like, RJ could be second. He could be fifth. McAdoo, who knows? J-Mart, who knows? Forkner, who knows? And, and that, to me, makes for a great series. Like, every time the gate drops, we don't know what we're going to get. Um, what I'm looking for is if Jet can consistently prove to be the alpha of that group, though. And, and I think he did a good job, of manage, good job of managing the hype, managing the expectations controlling the race, right? It wasn't some dominant performance where he just left everybody in the dust, but he controlled the race. He really didn't allow any pressure to be put on himself, but he also didn't take a lot of chances that would, you know, put him in danger of crashing. Uh, And and again, I'm just so amazed at the poise of an 18-year-old to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, I think these guys are going to be in trouble this weekend. Do you think the Jet, do you think the, the Triple Crown format helps or hurt jet or same i don't think it helps him i don't because um you know it's a shorter race and it's just three more times right because I, I think over the course of 16 minutes most of the time he's going to figure it out but when you just add more chances in there someone else could still win now do i think he'll end up being the winner at the end of those three yes but i could see rj grabbing a whole shot and jet start seventh i don't think jet will chase him down in 10 minutes you know, I, I think that's a perfect scenario to see RJ grab one of the race wins, which he's done before. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would think you're, you're probably right on that one. Uh, all right, last call for JT here is uh, Brandon. He is on five. Brandon, what's up, man? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to talk about um, kind of what you guys had touched on earlier about the 250 class. I was actually the guy who called in a couple Monday nights ago um, about yeah. switching things up. I like and, it. I like uh, your idea. Those- yeah. Yeah, um, and I think I think the reason a lot of us call in with these ideas is because we feel like if we can get the idea to you, you've got the platform to maybe 
get things changed. I mean, you did get the Nets put into Supercross, so I guess anything's possible. But the whole idea was really just um, like a points limit, and I kind of did a little bit of rough math, and it was about 400 points. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get 400 points, then you move to the yeah. – uh, the, 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 the other coast, right. Yeah, so, yeah. so the West Coast was for the top guys, the older guys. And honestly, I wanted that coast to be kind of a forever coast. You didn't have to move out of that coast if you didn't want to that way. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't push those privateer guys out of the coast. And then... Um, yeah, years, like, points, Daytona, years Day- points, it all works. Daytona would have to be a East, Daytona would have to be an East-West shootout. All right. That would have to be the, the right. second well, one. Well, this, this is Brandon's rules, everybody. This is how we're going to do it. Um yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Uh, yeah, points, years, whatever. You know, Je- Jeff Myshack, the owner of Geico for years, had a rule that if you accumulated 700 points, he said, you had to get out of that class. However many, however fast you get 700, you're out. Yeah. And I didn't mind that either, you know, um, because like a Jimmy Dakotas or a Kyle Peters that kind of lurks in around 10th in the points, you know, they don't, right. it takes a long time right. for them to get 700 um, but right. if you're Austin Forkner, you get 700 in four years, five years, real so, quick, and then you yeah. you move over. I think it would also be able to be able to bring up some of these amateur kids who are really good on Supercross and let them get that experience on the East Coast. Um, you know, guys like like we saw Ryder D. He he looked great, right? But he's not ready to battle Hunter Lawrence. I don't know, man. Jeff he was Lawrence, he was like seventh. Other. He was like seventh best time or something. Well, he might actually, he might be the, the the rare example. That was after but. that first untimed practice. His time ended up being like in the twenties. Um, Overall, his time ended up being in the twenties. Well, yeah, regardless, yeah, he's not he's not ready to battle Hunter Lawrence yet. He's not. That, no, that, no, he's no, not ready. No matter what. Right. So, I mean, just give him that experience. They're not on the West Coast where things are. You're kind of under the light, the bright lights of Supercross. You know, in Anaheim one, just the East Coast is a little bit more laid back. Right. I think I think it's the idea that. I think we should move towards it because right now it's broken, right? I mean, you say that. Well, I mean, I think it is. So- Other people don't. JT's kind of fine with it. I I put this question to him beginning of the year, and JT, you were like, eh, like you're okay well, with this. That's why we have. That's why we would have the the other coast where you don't have to move out. We're not pushing guys out of the sport. If you want to make a a living racing privateer on a two fifty, you still get that option. And if you're, you know, if you're Christian Craig and you want to stay down there forever, well, you're gonna. That's no problem. But you're racing the very best, you know, the very best, so, exactly, you know, every week. So, or every every race that you do on your coast. So, um, all right, Brandon, thanks, man. Good ideas. Uh, all right, thanks, Th- thanks, man. CJT. Sometimes the callers do have good ideas. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm open to it. Uh, uh, um, all right, let's. Uh, before we let you go, we need your winners for the Triple Crown this this weekend. I need him now. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Tomac to win. Um, I think three shots at it give him a really good chance. Just he's, he's been so consistent. I think he'll win one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the 250. I got to go Jet. Um, Jet's gonna be my pick until further notice. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. I think we'll Daytona. See. Daytona. I'll, I'll go with J Mart. You go J Mart. Go yeah. Jet. Yeah. yeah. He was already talking about Daytona before the race. So <laughs> well, he's, I think he's ready. I, yeah, I think he understands that when it's time for him to win, he's got to win, right? If Jet has an off night, he's got to win on those nights because I think he knows that Jet's going to have good nights. So he's got to kind of offset those. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks a lot. We'll see you in uh, Dallas tomorrow night. Live show. See you there, man. Okay. All right. Uh, that's Jason Thomas from Fly Racing. I want to thank the folks at Plum Creek Funding. 
If you're looking to purchase a new home in 2022, if you're a first-time buyer or an investor, Plum Creek Funding has programs to suit your needs. If you already own a home, you're looking to pull cash out, or like Tits, you're just looking to lower your interest rate because it's always what he does. Contact a professional over 25 years of experience. They're licensed in Colorado, Nevada, California, so that's a lot of our listeners. Reach out to Zach Morris today, 720-212-4685. Zach at PlumCreekFunding.com. It's Z-A-C-H at PlumCreekFunding.com. Uh, Plum with just P-L-U-M. Thank you to uh, Zach. FMF Goggles as well. Speaking of FMF Goggles, Cade's on the line. We're going to bring him in. He uses FMF Goggles, as does Dean Wilson, as does Kyle Peters. FMF Vision, a unique optics brand created in partnership with the brilliant minds who brought you 100%. There's a full range of goggles to meet every rider's needs, including FMF Film System, sand goggles, over-the-glasses, youth models, and more. Upgrade your goggle arsenal with the power of FMF Vision. Follow at FMF Vision to see the latest from those guys. And Pro Taper, the ACF bar, the first carbon fiber reinforced uh, aluminum handlebar for motocross. The core, carbon core system is inside of it. It uses the lightweight and exceptionally strong unidirectional carbon fiber. It's got more room on the bars for your controls. Uh, it's got 7,000 series aluminum. Um, it's got um, a new uh, new handlebar car, handlebar pad design. ProTaper.com, Rockstar Husky. Um, uh, start racing using Pro Taper. Thank you to Maxis. Get as a, a FMF Vision Pro Taper Fly Racing Plum Creek Funding. Uh, all right, let's get to our next guest here. 702-586-7857. We're still looking to give away some FMF goggles. Uh, speaking of FMF, like I said, he is on the line. He's a privateer hero, Cade Clayson. What's up, Cade? How are you, man? I'm good, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for coming on. And also on the line from Swap Moto Live, uh, he is uh, our St. Louis correspondent. Michael Antonovich, what's up, Anton? What's going on? Yes, not A Ray, not A Ray. No, no, you are you are better than A Ray because him and him and Cade would just end up arguing. So, um, did he t- did he tell you that you were second fiddle? He actually asked A Ray earlier today, and A Ray said no. Uh, he also said that I didn't respond fast enough, yep. and that's why I got you. Yeah, I panicked. Oh, cool, I panicked. So, um. Thanks for joining us, boys. Let's talk a little Triple Crown. Cade, uh, you hate these things because you're a rider. And Anton, you're like me and JT because you're in the media and you want something different. You like them. I'll start with you, Cade. Uh, what thoughts on Triple Crowns? I, I don't think I've ever said that I hate them. Oh, I just uh, assumed you did because most riders do, yes. No, I, uh, I only, I've only raced one. Um, but, I mean, it, it's definitely difficult. But I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like it's, it's too too crazy like if we were doing 15s or something yeah it would be excessive but i think 12 minutes is is pretty pretty fair um so i i really like the one in phoenix so i'm excited to do another one anton you agree with me most people you talk to whether it be mechanics or team people or riders are not fans oh yeah they can't stand them (laughs) right which you know and it's so uh it's so odd too because you would think like racers want to race and racers want to do that and Kate to you know a point maybe that you don't have but the guys you know top fifteen and up that limits their track time with guys that they don't want to be around the guys that they lap so much and all these things so you know there is a mixed message on how people feel about it some dudes like it because they're on the track with just the elite guys but the uh, the stress of it far outweighs the perks of anything else to a lot of people. I will say the best part in Phoenix was not getting lapped. <laughs> I didn't get lapped. I got I, uh, the first main. I, I made a big mistake and I got lapped halfway through the last lap. Uh-huh. But man, it was it was really nice to not get lapped in the other ones. 
Cade, where are you at with the right-hand first turn? JT and I were discussing it a little bit. Um, I don't think it's a huge deal, but uh, where are you at with that? I've, I've never thought much of right-handed first turns. Like, yeah, like it's not you, more you can, you can, Yeah, We don't really put our foot out in the first turn anyways. So, like, um, right. you know, like you just leave your foot on the foot peg. Kenny doesn't ever take his feet off anyways. Wow. Know, it's not that big of a deal. You're picking the one guy that, uh, you know changes it but i agree there's a lot of right hand turns let's talk about kenny for a second here anton what the hell is going on it's back and forth on those triple clamps they were gone for the main event at anaheim three and then they were back on last week so it's a lot of like searching you know um he has like had these moments where he does look okay and i'm like oh wow something's coming like even at anaheim three i thought it was going to be okay in the main event and then Malcolm pushed him into that tough lock and it was over before it started and then last week was going okay and then he washed out on the base of that triple landing and I'm just like oh wow um so yeah you got to feel for him and Troxel both because it's like it's not from a lack of trying you know I mean he's, he's trying you know it's just like he just keeps getting kicked down one way or another I, I, I haven't talked to Kenny about this. Uh, I consider Kenny you know not a friend but whatever we, we are acquaintances and I like him I just think that he's frustrated with the bike and the team can't seem to figure get him comfy and he's checked out a little bit. Like He's just like, hey, man, I'm not pushing it because I don't feel safe. Now, Honda and everybody else can argue about that, but that's how he feels and that's, the, that's where we're getting. We're getting Kenny at 85%. Yeah, and even at 85%, um, that's not where you need to be right now. That's mm-hmm. not at all, but... Uh, they seem like they're making progress with Chase on that bike, you know. So yeah. something they're making progress somewhere, and this goes back along the uh, lines of him and Chase before the season. Oh yeah, we have an identical bike setup. Things are pretty close. Things are going pretty good. And then as races have gone on, they've scattered and then come back together and then scattered again. So we'll see. You know, there was stuff that Chase was doing, especially into that corner after the finish line before the whoops mm-hmm. and the corner before the triple out. Uh, the lines he was taking and just how he would just set the bike up through all that, you can tell he's very comfortable with what he's doing right now. He was able to put the red bike pretty much wherever he wanted up until that last two laps. What do you think, Cade? What's going on with Ro- with Roxon? Man, I don't know. I, I don't want to speak ill of the dudes over at Honda because obviously they, they're working hard and they've helped me a lot this year. Um, but I, I don't know what's going on with him. I think he's I think he's a bit of a head case at the moment. And uh, I think if he can just get his head back into having a little bit more confidence in himself, because when he's confident, I think that's when he gets yeah. really fast. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he just needs to get his confidence back, really. 702-586-7857. We've got a few lines open if you want to talk to Kay Clayson or Michael Antonovich. Um, Cade, congratulations on uh, um, you've, you're finally the last few weeks getting back to kind of where you were before the year, before the Oakland crash. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah, totally. Uh, I think – in Oakland, that was probably the best I've ridden this year um, in practice-wise. I mean, everyone was there, and I was sitting like 18th or something. So uh, I felt really good that day, and I haven't really felt that way since. Um, but I feel like I'm starting to make strides, getting my intensity back and just getting uh, my comfortable form back. Right. Um, Kay, did you feel any, any effects from carbon monoxide? Were you one of the guys? I mean, lots of people talked about it. Lots of uh, riders tweeted about it and – Texting, texting me about it and stuff. How did you feel? Uh, I was actually already sick before I got there. 
so I was like all stuffy and like kind of staying away from everyone and so I didn't even really think much of it until after the race I was talking to my trainer and he's like maybe you were sick from the carbon monoxide poison I was like dude I've been sick for four days right like so so no you didn't feel any different your eyes and things like that my eyes were definitely like bloodshot like everyone else's Mm -hmm. but other than that I, I mean I was I was I felt okay but I mean, it was weird walking around the pits, and it was like, dude, like, why does everyone just look super stoned? <laughs> Anton, did you did you talk to some guys and and yourself? How did you feel? Uh, you know, I never thought anything about it during the day. I just felt fine. You know, you go to these races forever, and like, God knows how much fumes we've been exposed to anyway. Uh, but at the end of the night, my eyes were like bad looking, like really, really bad, red and yellow and everything. I'm like, man, that's weird. And then the next morning on the flight home, my nose would just not stop running, and it burned, like, the whole the whole way back. So I'm like, oh, wow. And then by the time I got home, Megan was like, oh, yeah, so did you get sick from carbon monoxide poisoning? I didn't hear anything about it during the day as it was happening. Uh, but then now then, you know, once we got home on Sunday and I started seeing how many guys got it, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Another one of those weird things where it's like, how – how does this stuff happen? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. Just another one. Right. Kind of it's makes... like Death Race 2000, you know, get everybody just like hopped up and just <laughs> cut them loose. Yeah, I guess so, right? Uh, any surprises, uh, Anton, for you uh, in the 250 opening round? I talked to JT a little bit about it. Like, I kind of put Jet ahead of everybody coming in, and then I, th- I I think Forkner and McAdoo and Martin and Hampshire are all in the next group, and you could toss those guys, uh, you know, second through fifth. Kind of what happened. Pierce Brown really rode well. Uh, I think he'll be a factor. Kind of played out the way I thought, uh, Anton. You? Yeah, but not as, like, dominant right off the rip as I expected. Like, okay. even in yep. practice, like, yep. Jet was quick, but he didn't look, like, out of control fast or, like, no. oh, my gosh, so so much quicker than yeah, everybody he, else. He only qualified fifth or sixth fastest, yep. Yeah. Yep. And, um... That heat race, man, it took him a minute to get going in that heat race yep. where I was even like, yo, like, what, what's what's going on here? And uh, him and J-Mart had that battle, and then he once he broke free of Jeremy and started going forward, that's when you could tell, like, okay, he lit the afterburners, it's time to go. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, second lap in that main event, he did what he needed to do, and nobody had anything for him. So I was... That's kind of what I expected. Uh, I think there were a handful of guys that just wanted to get through that first race without any kind of catastrophes. Uh, I think a lot of people even had, like, a preconceived notion of, like, well, Jet's going to win. So, like, you know, I just got to get through here with points or right. whatever. Uh, we even said it in our little conversations with our guys. Jet is in everybody's head to an extent. I would think some more than others, even if guys don't care to admit it. How could he not be when he's the one that's been just talked about for the last six months? You know, it's almost predestined that this is his thing to win. So I'm sure that there are guys that, are thinking about Jet in one way or another, and uh, how they handle him in these next few weeks will be very telling. You know, he he even said stuff in the press conference. He's been very respectful of everything and everyone, but I'm sure that a guy like Forkner or McAdoo or someone else, as things intensify later on in the season, they're not going to be so easy going around him. What do you think, Cade, of the 250 class? Any surprises? Anything that comes jumps to your mind as far as what you what you thought would happen? I thought it was cool that we saw, like, a lot of the top guys up front. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, the first five guys were all basically, like, the guys. You know what I mean? Um, everyone basically got through the first round besides Bowen. Uh, I was pretty bummed for Oldenburg. That was a big letdown. I was oh, sitting right next to them. Dude, and right? seeing Ulo yeah. and Nick and uh, 
I can't remember Mitchell's mechanic's name, but they were all just working so hard to get that thing down there. And, uh, you know, they got it down there with just a couple minutes to spare. And, uh, yeah, to just see, you know, it sucks. Mitchell got a bad jump and then got screwed. But, um, but yeah, going back to Jet, man, it was it's weird to look at it because if you look at his day after winning the main event, it's like, wow, that's a pretty veteran day to just kind of like go through the day, get through the yep. motions, get comfortable, and then, you know, come out in the main event and, you know, kick ass. But if you look at it, before the main event or if he gets say he gets fifth in the main event then it's like oh man panic button time like why are we not lightning fast faster than everybody else because if he gets fifth in the main like he right like where he was basically at the whole day it's like what's going on but it's it's pretty cool to see him come out and just be super calm collective not not you know to have some big practice crash trying to get fastest lap time or anything like that it was Mm -hmm. impressive to see it's fun to watch him ride yeah, he was just like Anton said, just calm, steady. If he he had more on the tank, Cade, right? If he needed it, if those yeah, dudes, you, think you, know, so. you know, if those dudes wanted to get froggy on him, he's like, okay, he probably looked like he had more. So um, let's go to four. Austin's on four. Austin, what's going on? What's your uh, what's your rule change you want to do? Well, first off, I just want to say that uh, I think we can all agree that Jim Holly is a national tre- treasure. He, I say we put that man's face in the twenty dollar bill. All right, let's do it. Yeah, he was. He's Jim Hawley's amazing. He was great on Monday's show. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, the rule change and sorry, Cage, you're probably not going to like this one, but I say that with with the twenty minute main events, there's so many laps we're getting put on these tracks. These tracks are so beat at the end of the night. If you get lapped twice, I say that's the end of the night right there. They flag you off the track, and that's going to open up a lot of things where it's less laps put on the track, less likely a lapper is going to get in the way, and it's just going to be all around safer with less bikes on the track. I'm okay with that, Cade. Yeah, I've I've thought about that before. It came up when Ping was talking about it, and he was like, he's like, man, because there's a lot of times where guys get lapped, you know, if they crash early and they can make up spots. Like, getting lapped once would be way too early to pull somebody off. Yes. But, yeah, I mean, this weekend, like, the tracks, when the tracks are that short, um, it's hard to not get lapped twice when you're in my position. Um, and it sucks. It sucks being out there and being in the way. Um, you know, I race pretty hard for, like, 15 minutes. But then once you get lapped once, you're trying to get out of the way. You're losing, like, five seconds a lap. So then you get lapped super fast again and uh yeah. yeah it's miserable so i don't i don't see honestly man it's not a terrible idea <laughs> even though that would have kicked you out you know what i mean so uh yeah, yeah but it, yeah. it's not like it would have right. changed my outcome nope. you know what i mean no no i agree it's not a bad idea i mean i i used to watch jeff alessi skip the whoops in an anaheim every single lap and i'm like why is no one black flagging him Literally going around the whoops for for twenty for twenty laps. I'm just yeah, like, I figured like two laps would be fair because, but like yeah, like you said, you can come back from one lap down, yeah. but two laps down, your race is pretty much over. And yeah. like like Kate said, it's yeah. kind of like you, you if you want to keep pushing, you're going to get in the way. It's just not fair to everybody involved, including you know, and, people and getting laps. Save the track. The thing gets bombed out, man. It's gnarly. So uh, yeah, you got to think that'd be a lot less laps on the track if you take. You know, I think there are seven people two laps down in the 450 class. That's a lot less laps on the track by the end of the night. Yeah, uh, Austin, do you want some uh, uh, FMF goggles? Oh, that'd be awesome. I mean, because you wanted the FMF goggle athlete, Kay Clayson, to get pulled off this weekend. We'll give you his goggles. All right. So uh, stay on hold. <laughs> well, all right, much. man. Thanks. Uh, Kay, you know, thanks for making these mains too, Kay. FMF's uh, able to give us away some goggles. So thank you for that. 
Hey, man, I'm here for the people. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Pro Taper, FMF Vision, get Maxis, Plum Creek funding all on board, the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Uh, Anton, uh, big news this week, Aaron Plessinger, broken arm out for the Supercross season, most likely. Uh, JT and I were discussing it. Like, I, that second place from AP was awesome and amazing, but he, like, literally never came back to even coming close to duplicating it. It was a weird deal. I think the jury is out on this move to Baker and the KTM team. Like, I kind of just shrugged my shoulders. It didn't look any better than Star. It didn't look any worse. It kind of was the same. Yeah, and you got to remember, too, a lot of factors up against AP um, that, you know, are not his strength. Testing is not AP's strength. He'll be the first one to tell you that. So then to get be given a bike that they're really trying to develop and him not having the best – communication you know and he'll, he'll he'll say that that's his deal he doesn't talk to the team or really able to convey what's happening the best way i'm sure that that was another challenge in it also not the first time we've seen a guy join that team and think that everything's going to go right and then he's kind of off already on a bad foot look at how tickle did when he joined red bull k team a few years ago there were a couple moments of glimmers of hope and then it didn't go the way that he needed it to go you know and he was trying everything so it doesn't always fit that well over there. I think even for Weimer, go back to Kawasaki, Weimer went to Baker's factory and it mm-hmm. didn't go the same way. So it doesn't work for everybody. Good that it's working for Malcolm in this regard right now. Sure, there's some other guys that we're going to see good results from. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Jury's out on AP until we mm-hmm. see him really on the bike this summer because he's been pushing, you know, that yeah. Anaheim – that Anaheim heat race with Eli behind him, I think that's about as fast as we've ever seen him try to go on a Supercross track. So it's not a lack of effort. I just think he just doesn't have all of it yet. Uh, Cade, would you, AP's a good guy. Nice to have in the sport. He's going to be out now. Bummer. Yeah, that's a real bummer, especially a guy as nice as him, you know, uh, a guy that, you know, you see on a new program, he's not exactly – Hitting every stride, you just you just wish the best for him to get back out there as soon as possible. So one more spot for you, Kate. I didn't. One say thing. It. <laughs> <laughs> Go one ahead. thing I will say, cool about AP. Hey, you know, uh, it's not been the greatest season, but good to see that he wasn't in just complete doom and gloom. That on mm-hmm. Sunday he went to the Daytona 500, like. These guys got to go have a life. You can't just be saddled down by the results every single weekend. Like, well, no, he, you know this. You can't live and die by whatever you finish seven days a week. No, he broke his arm he, after. After That's what I'm saying, no, though. Yeah. But even even though Minneapolis didn't go great, oh, I you see know, what you he, mean. Yeah. he wasn't, yeah. like, beaten down. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Cade, we got to, before we end up on this show, your, your teammate there, Alex Ray. Yeah, man. What's his situation right now? Uh, progress. I think he's riding during the week now, I think. Um, I don't like to ask, man. He's, he's, he's a sensitive little flower. Well, he's uh, done. I know he does a swap moto pod. Where are we at, Anton? Uh, he's getting back. I mean, he didn't ride there for a while, so I think that even last week Alex did okay. There's no way that he could have ridden Glendale or Anaheim 3. Those two tracks would have killed him. Uh, he did okay in, in Minneapolis. We'll see how this weekend goes. Uh, but yeah, dude, it's a bummer. It's, it's just the same as anybody, you know, Alex went through all this stuff in the off season to try to get ready. And yeah, he rushed it too soon that day. He tried to ride at safe fair when the wound wasn't sealed up. I mean, he kind of did this shit to himself, but he knows it. Um, you know, so um, he'll be one of those guys that as the field levels out and thins out, he'll be back in the main event mix. It's uh, just uh, survival at this. Don't point. say field thins out. Cause or make sure he knows what, you know, when you, what you mean by that? Um, 
because he's Ryder, so they get a little sensitive with the field uh, thins out. Um, hey, is this is this new girl? Is this is this his girlfriend, Kate? Are, are, oh what? yeah, dude. Oh yeah. So that's it. I mean, they're lo- I think they're locked in, dude. We're like two weeks deep at this point. Wow, Anton. Uh, any breaking no news comment. on this? I have no comment on any of this. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I I a raised love life. I stay completely out of. Dude, she's cool too. She came. What'd she come to? She came to A3. Yeah. And she was super polite and yep. normal and like played with my dog all day. It was great. Right. Yeah. She seems normal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's nice. It's... He doesn't, he, his chicks aren't normally normal, so it's nice. <laughs> it's, it's nice to have. Um, Kate, uh, um, this weekend for you, what's, uh, what's the goal here? What are we looking at? Another, I guess, I guess for you, like get in that top 18, right? Stay, That's... stay out of this LCQ. Yeah, the the goal every weekend is to not race the LCQ. Right. Um, and I'd like to be I'd like a top fifteen by the end of the year, man. I I really think I can get there. And yeah, I know the field's gonna thin out and it's gonna get easier, but you know that's the main goal. I I want to be closer to heart heart raft. Heart raft is really the mm-hmm. the guy that I feel like is attainable for me. Like he made the step from basically where I am to where he is mm-hmm. um, over the off season. So I don't see it as unreachable. Um, you know, this weekend, I, I feel like I should have beat Bogle. Um, I just, I had a couple bad laps in there and I feel like that's why I didn't, wasn't able to beat him because he made, he crashed and stuff. So, um, I feel like those positions right in front of me are very obtainable and I just want to keep getting better. And like I said, not, not be in the LCQ as much as possible. Well, Chiz is back practicing during the week now. So you guys could dude, be in trouble. Dude, it's unbelievable how much better he is <laughs> yeah. than at A1. Like that dude must've been in some serious pain because he sucked at A1 and now all of a sudden he's like a 12th place guy. Uh, yeah, it's it's amazing, man. He's uh, he's a national treasure. The first session, the untimed session, the, or the time, but not qualifying. He was like two seconds off. He never did the whoops. He just I just he never rode. He just rode around. He barely jumped he anything. Doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't hit the whoops in first practice any weekend. It doesn't matter how big they are. He just goes around them. And like at one of the races, the whoops were massive. I think it was San Diego, and. He did like a one fifteen in the first practice because yeah. he went around the whoops every yeah. single lap and just did every. I'm just like, this guy. He, I, I was so pumped after the first time qualifying session. I like as I walked by, I was like, I got you, I got you one time, and uh-huh. I was like all pumped. And of course, last lap of the second timed one, he gets me. Yep, <laughs> cheers, dude. Cheers. Freaking cheers. He was dude. frisky this weekend, Anton, in the heat. He was like fifth for a little bit there in the first heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like watching Chiz. I like watching Chiz go because you're just like, man, Father Time doesn't get anybody like that. <laughs> no, it's great. Freaking uh, Chiz, dude. All right. Uh, thank you, Cade. Uh, I'll see you this weekend. Anton as well. Thanks for the time, boys. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll both see you this weekend, man. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks for the goggles, Cade. Keep it up so our listeners can keep getting goggles. Thanks, Anton. Uh, all right, everybody, that's the uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show for another week. Tits, uh, I mean, I got I to gotta be honest, this was maybe one of your best. Yeah, I'm glad you it noticed. Was, it was just You're trying really hard over here. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I sit, the in, way I sit you in the elevate, dark and the quiet, and I just do my job. And the you way you elevate your game each week can't be matched. <laughs> You're like LeBron. Just wait until Monday. Yeah. I, I promise next show I would elevate my game, so... Look Thank you, Fly Racing, Pro Taper, FMF Vision, Get Maxis Plum Creek Funding. See you next Thursday.